Welcome to Storyberries Radio. You can read along with any of our stories all for free at our website, storyberries.com. Rose of Evening by Richard Wilhelm This is a vintage fairy tale and may contain violence. We would encourage parents to read beforehand if your child is sensitive to such themes. On the fifth day of the fifth month, the Festival of the Dragon Junk is held along the Yangtze Kiang. A dragon is hollowed out of wood, painted with an armor of scales, and adorned with gold and bright colors. A carved red railing surrounds this ship, and its sails and flags are made of silks and brocade. The after part of the vessel is called the dragon's tail. It rises ten feet above the water, and a board which floats in the water is tied to it by means of a cloth. Upon this board sit boys who turn somersaults, stand on their heads, and perform all sorts of tricks. Yet, being so close to the water, their danger is very great. It is the custom, therefore, when a boy is hired for this purpose, to give his parents money before he is trained. Then, if he falls into the water and is drowned, no one has him on their conscience. Farther south, the custom differs insomuch that instead of boys, beautiful girls are chosen for this purpose. In Xiangyang, there once lived a widow named Di Xiang, who had a son called Aduan. When he was no more than seven years of age, he was extraordinarily skillful, and no other boy could equal him. And his reputation increasing as he grew, he earned more and more money. So it happened that he was still called upon at the Dragon Junk Festival, when he was already sixteen. But one day he fell into the water below the gold island and was drowned. He was the only son of his mother, and she sorrowed over him, and that was the end of it. Yet, Adewan did not know that he had been drowned. He met two men who took him along with them, and he saw a new world in the midst of the waters of the Yellow River. When he looked around, the waves of the river towered steeply about him like walls, and a palace was visible, in which sat a man wearing armor and a helmet. His two companions said to him, That is the prince of the dragon's cave, and bade him kneel. The prince of the dragon's cave seemed to be of a mild and kindly disposition, and said, We can make use of such a skillful lad. He may take part in the dance of the willow branches. So, he was brought to a spot surrounded by extensive buildings. He entered and was greeted by a crowd of boys who were all about fourteen years of age. An old woman came in, and they all called out, This is Mother Hia! And she sat down and had Adewan show his tricks. Then she taught him the dance of the flying thunders of the Siantang River, and the music that calms the winds on the sea of Dung Ting. When the cymbals and kettle drums re-echoed through all the courts, they deafened the ear. Then, again, all the courts would fall silent. Mother Hia thought that Adwan would not be able to grasp everything the very first time. So she taught him with great patience, but Adewan had understood everything from the first, and that pleased old Mother Hia. This boy, said she, equals our own rose of evening. 
The following day, the prince of the dragon's cave held a review of his dancers. When all the dancers had assembled, the dance of the ogres was danced first. Those who performed it all wore devil masks and garments of scales. They beat upon enormous cymbals, and their kettle drums were so large that four men could just about span them. Their sound was like the sound of a mighty thunder, and the noise was so great that nothing else could be heard. When the dance began, tremendous waves spouted up to the very skies and then fell down again like star glimmer, which scatters in the air. The prince of the dragon cave hastily bade the dance cease and had the dancers of the nightingale round step forth. These were all lovely young girls of sixteen. They made a delicate music with flutes, so that the breeze blew and the roaring of the waves was stilled in a moment. The water gradually became as quiet as a crystal world, transparent to its lowest depths. When the nightingale dancers had finished, they withdrew and posted themselves in the western courtyard. Then came the turn of the swallow dancers. These were all little girls. One among them, who was about fifteen years of age, danced the dance of the giving of flowers with flying sleeves and waving locks. And as their garments fluttered, many-colored flowers dropped from their folds and were caught up by the wind and whirled about the whole courtyard. When the dance had ended, this dancer also went off with the rest of the girls to the western courtyard. Adawan looked at her from out of the corner of his eye and fell deeply in love with her. He asked his comrades who she might be, and they told him she was named Rose of Evening. But the willow spray dancers were now called out. The prince of the dragon cave was especially desirous of testing Adouan. So Adouan danced alone, and he danced with joy or defiance, according to the music. When he looked up and when he looked down, his glances held the beat of the measure. The dragon prince, enchanted with his skill, presented him with a garment of five colors and gave him a carbuncle set in golden threads of fish beard for a hair jewel. Adewan bowed his thanks for the gift, and then also hastened to the western courtyard. There, all the dancers stood in rank and file. Adewan could only look at Rose of Evening from a distance, but still Rose of Evening returned his glances. After a time, Adewan gradually slipped to the end of his file, and Rose of Evening also drew near to him, so that they stood only a few feet away from each other, but the strict rules allowed no confusion in the ranks, so they could only gaze and let their souls go out to each other. Now, the butterfly dance followed the others. This was danced by the boys and girls together, and the pairs were equal in size, age, and the color of their garments. When all the dances had ended, the dancers marched out with the goose step. The willow spray dancers followed the swallow dancers and Adewan hastened in advance of his company while Rose of Evening lingered along after hers. She turned her head, and when she spied Adewan, she purposely let a coral pin fall from her hair. Adewan hastily hid it in his sleeve. When he had returned, he was sick with longing and could neither eat nor sleep. Mother Hia brought him all sorts of dainties, looked after him three or four times a day, and stroked his forehead with loving care but his illness did not yield in the least. Mother Hia was unhappy and yet helpless. 
The birthday of the king of the Wu River is at hand, said she. What is to be done? In the twilight, there came a boy who sat down on the edge of Edwin's bed and chatted with him. He belonged to the butterfly dancers, said he, and asked casually, Are you sick because of Rose of Evening? Adewan, frightened, asked him how he came to guess it. The other boy said, with a smile, Well, because Rose of Evening is in the same case as yourself. Disconcerted, Adewan sat up and begged the boy to advise him. Are you able to walk? asked the latter. If I exert myself, said Adewan, I think I could manage it. So the boy led him to the south. There he opened a gate and they turned the corner to the west. Once more, the doors of the gate flew open, and now Adewan saw a lotus field about twenty acres in size. The lotus flowers were all growing on level earth, and their leaves were as large as mats, and their flowers like umbrellas. The fallen blossoms covered the ground beneath the stalks to the depth of a foot or more. The boy led Adewan in and said, Now first of all, sit down for a little while. Then he went away. After a time, a beautiful girl thrust aside the lotus flowers and came into the open. It was Rose of Evening. They looked at each other with happy timidity, and each told how each had longed for the other. And they also told each other of their former life. Then they weighted the lotus leaves with stones so that they made a cozy retreat in which they could be together, and promised to meet each other there every evening and then they parted. Adewan came back, and his illness left him. From that time on, he met Rose of Evening every day in the lotus field. After a few days had passed, they had to accompany the Prince of the Dragon Cave to the birthday festival of the King of the Wu River. The festival came to an end, and all the dancers returned home. Only, the king had kept back Rose of Evening and one of the Nightingale dancers to teach the girls in his castle. Months passed, and no news came from the Rose of Evening, so that Adewan went about full of longing and despair. Now Mother Hia went every day to the castle of the god of the Wu River, so Adewan told her that Rose of Evening was his cousin, and entreated her to take him along with her, so that he could at least see her a single time. So she took him along, and let him stay at the lodge house of the river god for a few days but the indwellers of the castle were so strictly watched that he could not see Rose of Evening even a single time. Sadly, Adewan went back again. Another month passed, and Adewan, filled with gloomy thoughts, wished that death might be his portion. One day, Mother Hia came to him full of pity and began to sympathize with him. What a shame, said she that Rose of Evening has cast herself into the river. Adewan was extremely frightened, and his tears flowed resistlessly. He tore his beautiful garments, took his gold and his pearls, and went out with the sole idea of following his beloved in death. Yet the waters of the river stood up before him like walls, and no matter how often he ran against them, head down, they always flung him back. He did not dare return, since he feared he might be questioned about his festival garments, and severely punished because he had ruined them. So he stood there, and knew not what to do, while the perspiration ran down to his ankles. Suddenly, at the foot of the water wall, 
he saw a tall tree. Like a monkey, he climbed up to its very top, and then, with all his might, he shot into the waves. And then, without being wet, he found himself suddenly swimming on the surface of the water. Unexpectedly, the world of men rose up once more before his dazzled eyes. He swam to the shore, and as he walked along the riverbank, his thoughts went back to his old mother. He took a ship and traveled home. When he reached the village, it seemed to him as though all the houses in it belonged to another world. The following morning, he entered his mother's house, and as he did so, heard a girl's voice beneath the window saying, Your son has come back again. The voice sounded like the voice of Rose of Evening, and when she came to greet him at his mother's side, sure enough, it was Rose of Evening herself. And in that hour, the joy of these two who were so fond of each other overcame all their sorrow. But in the mother's mind, sorrow and doubt, terror and joy mingled in constant succession in a thousand different ways. When Rose of Evening had been in the palace of the River King and had come to realize that she would never see Adouan again, she determined to die and flung herself into the waters of the stream. But she was carried to the surface, and the waves carried and cradled her till a ship came by and took her aboard. They asked whence she came. Now, Rose of Evening had originally been a celebrated singing girl of Wu, who had fallen into the river and whose body had never been found. So she thought to herself that, after all, she could not return to her old life again. So she answered, Madame Xiang, in Xiangyang is my mother-in-law. Then the travelers took passage for her in a ship, which brought her to the place she had mentioned. The widow Xiang first said she must be mistaken, but the girl insisted that there was no mistake, and told Adouan's mother her whole story. Yet, though the latter was charmed by her surpassing loveliness, she feared that Rose of Evening was too young to live a widow's life. But the girl was respectful and industrious, and when she saw that poverty ruled in her new home, she took her pearls and sold them for a high price. Adawan's old mother was greatly pleased to see how seriously the girl took her duties. Now that Adawan had returned again, Rose of Evening could not control her joy, and even Adawan's old mother cherished the hope that, after all, perhaps her son had not died. She secretly dug up her son's grave, yet all his bones were still lying in it, so she questioned Adwan. And then, for the first time, the latter realized that he was a departed spirit. Then, he feared that Rose of Evening might disregard him with disgust, because he was no longer a human being. So he ordered his mother, on no account, to speak of it, and this his mother promised. Then, she spread the report in the village that the body which had been found in the river had not been that of her son at all, yet she could not rid herself of the fear that since Adouan was a departed spirit, heaven might refuse to send him a child. In spite of her fear, however, she was able to hold a grandson in her arms in the course of time. When she looked at him, he was no different from other children, and then her cup of joy was filled to overflowing. Rose of Evening gradually became aware of the fact that Adouan was not really a human being. Why did you not tell me at once? said she. 
departed spirits who wear the garments of the dragon castle surround themselves with a soul casing so heavy in texture that they can no longer be distinguished from the living. And if one can obtain the lime made of dragon horn, which is in the castle, then the bones may be glued together in such wise that flesh and blood will grow over them again. What a pity that we could not obtain the lime while we were there! Adewan sold his pearl, for which a merchant from foreign parts gave him an enormous sum. Thus, his family grew very wealthy. Once on his mother's birthday, he danced with his wife and sang in order to please her. The news reached the castle of the dragon prince, and he thought to carry off Rose of Evening by force. But Adewan, alarmed, went to the prince and declared that both he and his wife were departed spirits. They examined him, and since he cast no shadow, his word was taken, and he was not robbed of Rose of Evening. The End Thank you for reading with Storyberries.com Free stories for kids. <laughs>